Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Transformational Soul Show with your host, Ruth Saltman. Are you ready to experience more stability in your life? You can change your life and be who you are meant to be, your authentic self. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Transformational Soul. My name is Ruth Saltman, and I'm really glad you could be here tonight. I want to say hello if you are here for the first time, and welcome back if you've been here before. And I want to say a special hello to all of you over on Rumble. So nice that you could join us tonight. Um, How's everybody doing out there? I know it's been a lot of um, high temperatures all over the country, so I hope everyone's staying cool. Um, I hope you guys can join us this Saturday, June 25th at 8 p.m. for the uh, Spiritual Message Circle. For a donation of $10 or more, you can get a message from our panel of readers. It's so much fun. If you've never done it before and maybe you're a little hesitant, just come on and watch and see what we're all about because I know you will enjoy it. Hi, Heather. So nice to see you here. Um, and I want to thank everyone that has um, written a testimonial for our show or show hosts. It's a really great way for you guys to give back and show your love and appreciation for what we do. If you would like to send in a testimonial but haven't done it yet, you can just go to the Goldilocks um, Productions website and click on testimonials at the top of the page. Type in what you want to say and hit submit. It's actually that simple. Hi, Sarah. Nice to see you. You snuck in. I didn't even see you up there. If you would like to uh, send a tip or donation, you can do that via my Venmo at Ruth-Saltman, S-O-L-T-M-A-N, 
or you can also use the super chat super sticker feature on YouTube or the Rumble rant on Rumble. Um, and also, if you would like to sponsor this show or any of the other Goldilocks production shows, you can contact my producer, Tiffany White Sage Woman, and she will let you know how you can do that. Next week, my special guest will be the psychic medium of Sarasota, Carol Ann Carey. I hope you can join me for that. Carol Ann was going to be here last week, but she had some computer issues, so we've got she's got that resolved now, and I've got her rescheduled for next week. Um, the Words of Wisdom segment gives you the opportunity to come on live with me to tell your story, to own your story. Your story will inspire and motivate someone else. If you would like to come on and tell yours, you can message me on Facebook or email me at Ruth at RuthSaltman.com. Now, today we do have a Words of Wisdom segment, and I'm really excited about it. Laura Ramiro is here to talk about her healing journey and how she healed from grief and loss. Now, Laura is a certified spiritual healer, certified medical Reiki master teacher, bioenergy healer, and animal communicator. And you may remember her as the host of the Angels and Healing Light Show right here on Goldilocks Productions. Welcome, Laura. It's so nice to see you. Thank you, Ruth. I'm very happy to be here with you tonight with everyone tonight. Hey, everyone. Well, I just want to thank you once again for agreeing to come on. And I know sometimes it's not easy to come on and talk about our healing journey. Well, you're right about that. Uh, I've certainly been through one over the last the last uh, six or eight months, but I really feel it's important to share with people, what I've learned, because, uh, you know, we all go through it. It's right. uh, like getting your teeth cleaned. It's like uh, having to get your eyes examined, whether you like it or not, you have to go through it. Uh, and there is a lot to be learned from it. And, you know, it's another one of those things that doesn't come with an instruction book. So let us uh, use this as an opportunity to help each other through one of the worst times of our lives, the hardest times of our lives. So mm -hmm. that's my goal tonight. Awesome. So what would you like people to know about what you've been through? Well, I think the most important thing to know, Ruth, is that, uh, you know, in terms of grief, it comes in many forms, of course. Uh, it affects people in different ways. It has its own time. It runs its own course, but it's not something you can do by yourself. And so the most uh, important thing is that, you, you know, you need, it's not something to go through by yourself. So whether you are seeking assistance from your loved ones, from friends, uh, professional counseling, it's uh, just something that is made much easier to go through uh, with other people there to guide you and support you and take some of the load off of you that tends to pile up. Right. Uh, so that is really the most important thing to know. So now for the Can people that don't know, oh, I'm sorry. What was that? 
It's just that it's not a, not something you know to do alone. Right. You need, everybody needs a little a little boost, maybe a lot of boost. <laughs> and I know for those that might not be familiar with your story, um, you're referring to the loss of your mom. Right. And, uh, and many of you know my mom because she was watching every one of my shows when I was doing Angels and Healing Light and uh, everyone always waved, hi, mom. But she watched every single one of them. So some of you are familiar with Irene. And Irene uh, had, my mom Irene had some problems with her spine, uh, spine fracture and had a procedure that unfortunately didn't go well. So she was not able to come home from that spinal procedure. She ended up in nursing home rehabilitation so she could get physical therapy and people to help her move around. Uh, so she was there for a couple of months. And at the end of December, she was starting to have back pain again that wasn't resolving. So her nurse recommended she go to the emergency department to get that checked out. And it turned out that she had another fracture. So uh, admitted to the, and when she went into the hospital to the emergency department, she was very cognizant. She was talkative. She was doing crossword puzzles, calling friends, texting, joking, laughing, um, you know, perfectly normal. And within about three days of going into the hospital, she really started to change. Um, still a mystery to me to this day. And I think to everyone that cared for her, um, I think the, the, the biggest takeover or the probably what happened is she just decided she had enough, but she kind of stopped eating and uh, she was on so many pain medications that sometimes it was really hard to get those just the right amount and the right mm -hmm. type for her to help with her pain. And so she had a lot of um, times where she would just be completely out of it for five, six hours. Then she just quit eating. So after the, um, and because of COVID, it was a little difficult to find um, beds still at a hospital. So they were trying to find a neurosurgeon to look at her back and ended up after about five days transferring her to another hospital. So the neurosurgeon could see if there's anything they could do to help her which turns out, you know, it wasn't possible. But in the meantime, she was, um, her labs were always really fantastic. Her EKGs were fantastic. Physiologically, her tests were really, really good. But there was a couple, several times I'd remarked to the doctor that she looked like she was dying. He said, I know, I agree with you, but I don't know why, because I can't find anything wrong. Her labs are great. Her EKG is great. I can't, nobody can figure out what's happening. We've done every test we can possibly think of. So, you know, she just kept declining and finally got to the point where uh, after hmm, three weeks, I think, of being hospitalized, two or three weeks, she was just in such pain and the medication wasn't helping. Uh, it just got to the point where I said, you know, she needs palliative care. And I want you all to understand too, if you haven't been through this before, hospitals, unfortunately, um, aren't the best help when it comes to making that decision. Um, sometimes if, if there's a known terminal illness, for instance, where you know what the outcome's going to be, then of course they can guide you. But for a situation that my mom went through, 
there really wasn't much guidance. And actually I was told that doctors get about one or two hours of hospice training while they're in med school. And that's about it. So they don't really feel, even though it's all part of living and many people, you know, pass away when they're in a hospital for one reason or another, they don't get a lot of training on how to handle it. So it was a, a real big um, challenge for me to know what decision to make because I still didn't know what was wrong with her. Mm-hmm. The only thing I knew is that her pain was getting worse and there was no way she was ever going to recover from her fractured spine and with her medical problems and her past spinal um, issues that it was just going to continue to get worse. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was really, um, it was agonizing to make that decision to put her in hospice. But I knew as soon as the nurse took, looked at her for, she took, she looked at her for about 20 seconds. She said, yes, we can help your mom. And, and right then I knew it was the right thing to do. But when they tell you things like, well, you know, we're going to take her off of all of her medications. It really hit, you know, oh boy, am I making the right decision? Did I just sign her death certificate? Well, of course I didn't, but you know, I was starting to think that way. And so we made the arrangements for that to happen. And I'll tell you that the, that getting her into the hospice that night uh, I think she got she got there in the evening and her nurse called me and said, I just received your mom and I want you to know that I'm going to make sure that she gets a good night's sleep. And I thought, Perfect. I'm she hasn't had a good night's sleep in years. So that really made me feel good that she was going to be able to rest and relax. And so, you know, that was a very, very actually kind of traumatic that that time to from. Uh, realizing there's nothing that they could do for her spine and making the decision to put her in palliative care. Um, it was really, it was really kind of, it wasn't kind of traumatic. It was traumatic because it really didn't have a lot of um, guidance. And I, I could only go by my instinct, my intuition and what I was feeling in my heart is that, you know, this is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part was very traumatic and, even though I'd, I'd reached out to hosp- several hospital staff and even said to them, you know, if this was your mom, what would you do? And, you know, no one would really give me a very clear answer. It was pretty vague. So getting her there, I knew was the right thing to do. It, You know, I stopped worrying about her from that point forward. They took right. care of her. They, they, they brush her hair back and tell her how beautiful she was. She was comfortable. She was, uh, she just looked fabulous and they treated her and they treated me very well too. Mm -hmm. So they were extremely supportive. Um, And I think what she ended up, what they called terminal pain, and that's why they couldn't manage her medication. It's probably, I think from all her spinal fractures, maybe it was just her nervous system just completely inflamed. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing they said, you know, really that kind of pain is, can only be managed by IV drugs. It's extremely difficult to treat, but they took great care of her and kept her comfortable. Uh, I got to spend time with her, um, you know, where, where we couldn't because she was so sick before or not feeling well, we did not have a very um, good opportunity to express 
the love for each other that we felt. So that was an opportunity for me to do that. And it was, you know, a lot of, um, I did a lot of grieving for that. She, she lasted for a week. So I did a lot of grieving during that week. I got a lot of it done. And, um, excuse me, the nurses were, were so supportive. And a couple of them said, you know, I'm really going to recommend grief counseling. Have you thought about that? And I'm like, yeah, great. That sounds like fun. No, thanks. (laughs) Why would I want to continue with this? And so another one mentioned it, and I think three of them mentioned it, you know, during that week that we really recommend grief counseling. And one nurse said to me that, you know, it really, when my mom went through this, it really helped me be myself again. And that comment intrigued me because I thought, you know, I've been taking care of her for so long and there's been so much happening in the last several months for her Mm -hmm. that, you know, you really do get absorbed into their lives and, it, you just, it just kind of takes over. And uh, so I, I guess I put it on the back burner, but I thought, oh, that's the last thing I want to do is just keep going through this again. But guess what? You know, grief has its own little way and it just doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you know, my my dad died. Two, two of my brothers died. You know, I've been through this before. I don't need grief counseling. Uh, and what scared me, I'll tell you is that um, one of my one girlfriend of mine, and I'm sorry, I can't remember exactly who it is, but uh, she said, you know, my mom died 13 years ago and I still cry every day. Oh, no. I said, what? Oh, no. And I said, that's terrible. That's absolutely terrible way to live. And another one had mentioned to me, she it wasn't quite that long, but it had been several years and she was still grieving deeply every day. And I thought, no, I can't live like that. I just can't live like that. I'm not going to live like that. I can't be in that kind of pain. Uh, and I, I even told the grief counselor, I said, that's what arthritis is for. <laughs> and I, I can't. So that's what really pushed me into calling the grief counselor. I'm like, well, I'm not sure what to expect here, but I know that I do not want to be in pain for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So I made that call. I had no idea what to expect. I really had no idea. Uh, I made sure that I wanted one-on-one. I didn't want to be in a group with other people and feel their pain on top of my own. So, you know, that pain, you all under, you know, many of you know, it's not just heartbreak. It's a physical pain. Mm -hmm. And it it feels like you've been run over by a truck sometimes. So I made my appointment for an individual session with my counselor, Mr. James, who is just the most amazing, helpful person who helped me get through this. And um, I really had no idea what to expect. So it wasn't what I expected. I thought, you know, I just don't want to sit there and and cry through this for an hour. You know, I don't, I'm tired of doing that. I'm exhausted from doing that. You know, in the hospice, they have those little itty boxes of Kleenex that are about the size of an index card. Now, how helpful is that? <laughs> no, <laughs> I need something like a little bit bigger if you're in the hospital. You know, you need something bigger than that index size box of Kleenex. Definitely. <laughs> so I think, yeah, first stop Walgreens, big box of Kleenex. And waterproof mascara. That's important too. Yes, it is. 
And so when I made my appointment, I, I, I just told him exactly. He said, well, what do you what do you hope to you know, why are you here? Tell me what happened. And I told him, I, I just, I'm just afraid that I don't want to I don't want to live in this pain. So I need to get you know, we need to get through this because I'm, I'm done with it. I don't want to be in pain anymore. OK, he said. So I, you know, with a little bit of talking uh, through what had transpired with my mom. And I found out that, you know, not only is he an ordained minister, he is all, he was also very experienced in helping people that had been in hospice and helping them through their transition and helping their families and helping the staff of the hospice as well. You know, he also counseled them when there were people that passed away that they had cared for. So I said, okay, well, this guy's got a lot of experience. He knows what he's talking about. So that made me feel better. And so we talked and I told him how I felt. And I'll tell you, there are some times when I just rambled. I mean, rambled about, I don't know, being from Detroit and things that had absolutely nothing to do with anything Mm -hmm. that I read. And he, you know, every once in a while would tell me the worst jokes on the planet. It would make me laugh so hard. <laughs> but he always, here's the Kleenex if you need it. And I'm like, I really don't want, I really don't want to go cry my head off again. So after my first session with him, and he says, you know, uh, unfortunately, Laura, uh, this is not going to be like, okay, you'll be all better in six weeks or four weeks. He said, grief is a journey. It is not, you know, a point A to point B. And oh, really? No, no. Sorry to tell you because I'm, I'm figuring, okay, well, I can get through this in six weeks and I'll be fine because I'm done. I want to be done. I just want to be yeah. done with it. No, no, that's not how it works. I'm like, okie dokie. If you say so, but he gave me some homework to do. And I came back a couple of weeks later, but I'll tell you the minute I, I remember walking out the door and I sat down in my car and pulled out of the driveway, all of a sudden I felt so much lighter and I don't know what happened in there. I really don't, but I just felt, Oh my God, I felt so much better, better than I'd felt in like three years. Wow. It was, I mean, just in, 55 minutes that we were together and didn't even really talk that much. But I, you know, to get into very deep details at that time, I felt so much better immediately. I think, wow, this is great. I was very relieved to find that I enjoyed it. Uh, Well, that it was helpful and it it wasn't that difficult actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, He told me that I'd already done a lot of the work and I think, yeah, I think I did it that week when my mom was in hospice, when I finally, could understand what was happening with her. Yeah. And so we'd already gotten through quite a bit of the harder, some of the hard parts. Um, but it was, it was just an amazing feeling after one hour. Mm-hmm. The next time I went back, we talked some more and I rambled some more and he told me another bad joke and we laughed and um, I sniffled a little. I still was okay. You know, I wasn't, boohooing or anything. <laughs> but all of this that I went through for, I think I went maybe six times, but every time I left, I felt so much better. It was like just this tremendous weight was being lifted from around my whole body. And 
I learned so much. Uh, I learned that grief, dying is complicated. Go figure. We all do it. It's not new. Mm -hmm. But why is it so dulgar and complicated? It's complicated. Grief is complicated. It's very, there are very many layers to grief. And just when you think you got through something, mm -hmm. there's a little something that slides in there like, really? <laughs> <clears throat> you have to. And so, you know, there's things that just kind of slide in there and say, okay, you, you managed that, you dealt with that one, and now we're going to come in and deal with this one. And many times those little layers were a surprise to me. But the beauty of it is once I realized that and, and dealt with whatever that particular layer was, it was done with and it was gone. Mm -hmm. And so many, uh, you know, there's kind of an up and there's a down and there's, you know, when you're going through this process and maybe, you know, you have your grief and you have to deal with relationship issues, which we certainly had my mom and I, mm -hmm. she was a very, very different person um, than she had been in the past. And that was very, uh, very hard to, to understand, you know, why she was like she was. And, and that took a lot of healing too, because that a lot of anger about that and a lot of hurt. And uh, so, you know, you have to kind of go through that, you know, resolving relationship issues. And then, you know, eventually you realize that, you know, there's a new you, your new life and your new you and integrating to that and allowing yourself to get into that and realizing that, you know, this is just a, a process that has many layers and many nuances and it doesn't come with advance warning for the most part. The, the things that, you know, might just spring up out of nowhere, but you can get through it with the help of others. You get through it by treating yourself well and gently and with care, mm -hmm. which for me, I had no interest in doing anything for myself except crawling in a corner and reading a book. But, you know, the, the James are telling me, you, you know, you have to take good care of yourself. Well, I didn't even have the energy to do that. I didn't really care. They're like, well, you know, do some exercising, do some journaling. Like, I surely don't want to think anymore about what I've already, I don't want to think about it anymore, but gee, I have no choice. It just pops up. Yeah. You know, journaling, exercising, making sure you're eating well, getting the help from your friends, from your loved ones. And um, realizing that, you know, life is different now. And, of course, life is different from one minute to the next, but in a big picture that what you had is not the same and it's different. And yeah. you have to learn how to go forward with that, with that. You, have to adjust. you do. Mm -hmm. And you have to be okay with that and, and know that, you know, there is that light at the end of the tunnel. So the, um, my the time that I spent with a grief counselor, I tell anybody with ears that will that can hear me, it is the best thing since sliced bread. It made a tremendous amount of difference in my life, and I recommend it to everyone because I'll tell you what else happened. Uh, about we were down to my last, I finally got to the point where I said, Okay, I, I don't think I'm gonna this is gonna be my last visit, or next one's gonna be my last visit. 
I, I'm okay. I don't think I need to come anymore. And I thought, what a great accomplishment. I felt like, oh, wow, I really, it just felt like such an accomplishment to get to that point. And then my dog died oh. um, unex completely unexpectedly and absolutely devastated, devastated us. And that was my brother Wally's dog who died uh, about four years ago. So we were just shocked and devastated. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. I have to go through this all over again. <laughs> you know, it was horrible. So I was almost in a panic. I'm like, no, I need to come. I need to see you again. And, you know, James had said to me, he says, you know, this is good that this happened now because you have the tools to handle it. You know how to handle it. You know what to do. I'm like, well, I don't think it's good, but I know what you mean. <laughs> But he was right. Oh, go ahead. Well, he was right. Uh, you know, he's, thank God he's so logical. And because I was just like, you know, no, I don't want to go through this again. Like, I don't have any choice. Yeah. So when the, when you're, when the dog passed away, did you have that same gut wrenching feeling as you did? Like when your mom passed, was it the feeling you oh. had the same? Yeah, it was horrible. Um, we were, we had no idea, no, no idea. And, you know, we had to make the decision to let her go. And it was like, you've got to be kidding me. Um, this is not completely, you know, taken to the vet for the problem everybody thought she had uh, on a hunch. The doctor did another test and found out that, you know, she actually had pleural effusion as she, her lungs were completely filled with fluid the only space left for air was, was in her trachea and she was slowly drowning. Um, oh, and just think that she had a sudden onset of, of, you know, a tumor that just, just explodes. So we were, you know, like dumbstruck, I think is the word mm -hmm. dumbstruck. Um, and so we, you know, it was just not a good thing, but you know, it turned out, you know, it went okay in terms of the, the dog Luxy. I'm sure some of you have heard her bark. She was on the really, really, really loud bark, uh, the German shepherd. And she went very peacefully and she kind of started nodding off before they even gave her the um, medication to relax her. So mm -hmm. she had already, you know, relaxed. And so I think she was ready to go, but we weren't ready for that. Wow. So it was really a double whammy. You know, I got to tell you, that story just gave me chills because something very similar happened to me after it was probably two, maybe two years or so, maybe two and a half after my mom passed. Um, well, I had her dog and just one day the dog stops drinking water, stops eating. I take her outside. She has a seizure. She flops over, hits her head on the concrete, flops back the other way. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've never seen that before. So I called the vet and they couldn't, then they told me to bring her in. And when I took her in, she had just out of the blue, she had, um, um, she was in last stage um, kidney failure. But this dog, like I couldn't, they wouldn't take her in until the next morning because they were, they were, you know, it was after hours. So I, I had to carry her from room to room. She had not enough energy to go from room to room. So when we got to the vet, I go to to reach in and get her out of the car. She jumps out of the car and ran to the vet's door. 
I'm like, wow. Well, maybe she's not that bad. And then we go in and they did some blood tests and the vet says, are you ready to let her go? I'm like, no. And because this is my mom's dog. So anyways, I ended up having to because they said she was in enormous pain. And when I got in the car, I mean, like I cried like I never cried before. It hit me so hard. So I know exactly what you mean. You know, because I, I had thought, wow, I'm kind of over this grief thing now. And then that happened and it just devastated me. I sat in the car for probably 30 minutes just crying before I even went home. Yeah, that's uh, painful. It is. Painful. Especially when it happens just out of the blue like that. Yeah. Coming. I mean, she was old, you know, probably like 13 or something, but still. Still. I mean, she was relatively, she had been perfectly healthy before that. But I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a it's a human or an animal. I mean, grief is grief. You know, grief is grief, and you know, you're so right. It it and what's interesting is, even the fact that we had another cat. I mean, three other dogs in the house plus my mom's cat. There was still that empty space that was so visceral. When you went in the house, I mean, there's like, oh, my God, it's like a vacuum. And um, that was hard. I got some information from it's kind of it was it's not funny, but it's interesting. The veterinarian or the veterinarian sent some pamphlet about grief when you lose your pet. And it lists all of these symptoms of things that you can experience. And one of the things they mention is a sense of silence or a sense that something is missing, you know, that physical sense, but the same steps as, as a human, you, you same feeling, same thing. Um, it's just, yeah. When your heart's broken, it's broken. Yes, that's true. Now, no after your mom passed it, did um, um, hospice reach out to you afterwards? Yes. Yes. Cause I know like when my dad was in hospice, which he was only in there for like a week, um, but afterwards, oh, maybe two afterwards, they like, they reached out a lot. They still came over to check on everyone and see how everyone was doing. When my mom passed, they weren't like that. I, it was two different, you know, um, chapters or whatever of hospice, but it was very different with my mom. They didn't reach out afterwards. Um, nothing. And I just, I, I didn't just, get a lot of, I did not get a lot of contact. I got one, I think one call, they said, we'll check on you in about two weeks and, and ask you about the grief counseling. And actually they didn't reach out to me, the grief counseling mm -hmm. uh, division. I reached out to them because yeah. I'm like, I have to get over this. I have to get through this. Well, my dad, the one my dad had must've been like extraordinary because his nurse even came to his funeral. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, they were amazing. I just that makes me that's a big difference. I'm sorry. That's a big difference, you know. They become such a part of their most important part of their life. I know. And, and it was only a matter of weeks that he was in the under hospice care that before he passed. You know, um, one of the things that I loved about hospice was not only did they take care of my mom, but they took care of me too during that point and you know I got a hug almost every time I went in there and you know they were telling me you know Laura you need to get some rest 
In fact, that's, and I was really, really, God, I was so exhausted by the, the time that week was getting towards the end of that week. And I, she said, you know, you really need to get some rest. And um, I said, well, I was just thinking about maybe sleeping at home tonight because I'd been spending the night at the hospice. She mm-hmm. says, well, your mom is stable. So I think that's a good idea. I think you should be okay. Mm-hmm. So I went home and 3.30 in the morning, the phone rang. Oh. <laughs> so she telling me that she had passed. Oh, wow. And I thought, well, you know, I, I really was so exhausted that I'm, I'm sure she probably waited till I went home. Right. You know, that's very common that people want to don't want to die in front of you or, mm-hmm. you know, they like their own, their own space. And I've, I've heard that so many times. Um, they'll wait until you go I home. And I'm that's sure that's what happened. I'm sure it is, too. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, our loved ones like your mom or any of our loved ones when they pass, they don't want us to grieve forever. I mean, you know, no, certainly I'm not. Sure they want us to remember them and remember all of the good memories, but they want us to move on with our lives, but it's not easy to do at all. You know, it's, it's a really good point that you make. Um, one of the reasons that the other reasons that I was so insistent on getting this grief counseling is because not only did I not want to live in pain for the rest of my life, but I, I, I have to live my life. Mm-hmm. I can't be, be living in sadness for somebody else. I have to live my life. I'm here for a purpose. I have a job to do. I have a mission. I have a family to take care of myself to take care of. And I'm here for a reason. And I need to be able to fulfill that reason and that purpose. And I can't do that if I'm in pain. I can't do that if I am focused on the life of somebody else or the death of somebody else. Right. And so I, um, you know, the grief counseling helped me realize that, you know, this grief is going to be with you for the rest of your life more than likely, but these are the tools to handle it. And this is the tool to help you live your life and be who you are. Um, it's, there were so many, so many high points and so many tools to just remind you of what is important in your life as well. And that is taking care of yourself so that you can do what you're supposed to be doing here in this world. That's right. You still certainly get the healing that you need from, uh, you know, whether it's a massage, whether it's a grief counselor, whether it's sitting on a curb talking to your best friend or boohooing or whatever it is, volunteering, whatever it is that help you honor that person that you cared about and loved or animal that you cared about and loved so that you're not forgetting them, but you're just not living in that pain and living their life or the circumstances of their death. Yeah. And I'll, I will say that um, when my brother Wally passed away, he passed away about, well, let's see, it's been four years now and he had cancer. I stayed with him for a couple of months until he uh, and was with him when he passed. But Shortly afterwards, uh, and we were always very close, and and so we've had many conversations after he passed, actually, but maybe a couple weeks after he passed away, and I'd gotten a few hellos from him, just, you know, I'm fine, everything's okay, Mm -hmm. but I would start to catch myself revisiting 
the condition he was in, the pain he was in, or the circumstances or, you know, of his, um, his circumstances. And I was, you know, cry every time I heard that and starting to feel terrible. And he said, he just showed up out of the blue one day, said, Laura, knock it off. I am up here. I am not back there. So from now on, I want you to look forward and look up. Do not look back because I am not there anymore. I'm like, okay. Okay. You're not there anymore. I'm not there anymore. And he was so stern. Knock it off. Stop looking back. I, okay. Right. See, I am not there anymore. Okay. And uh, it took about a month. Got to keep catching myself from, from, you know, feeling bad about his situation uh, to stop myself from going down that road. And I, you know, I had to stop myself, but I really tried to use that with my mom too. And um, something else that I experienced and I'm sure everybody else has at some point was with my mom's situation and she was in such bad shape. I started to second guess myself that I, maybe I should have moved her to another hospital. Mm-hmm. I should have done, I should have, I should have, I should have, should have suggested this. I should have done that. So I was starting to feel really anxious about all the things I should have done. And then I thought, wait a minute. And it's like a train going downhill. It just started picking up speed. And I'm like, and I know logically this is not right. This is not the right way of thinking. I'm like, nope. The outcome would not have changed because her back is going to be broken. She'd never recover from it. And she would always be in pain for, she'd be in bed for the rest of her life. Uh So the outcome still would have never changed. And so I really had to catch myself a couple of times of, oh my God, I should have moved her. I mean, I've been, you know, I, I was terrible. I, I, you know, caused her more distress or grief. And I'm like, oh no, 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 no it was like slamming on the brakes. So I started to go down that road a couple of times, but then was remembering, you know, no, the outcome would be the same. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of professionals looking after her. Um, And she may, I'm sure at this point that she just made the decision to, to go. Well, those are really hard decisions to have to make for someone that you love. So you always guess yourself always. Yes. Always. Yes. And, and I, I don't really understand that in the big picture, that was not appropriate for me to do that mm-hmm. really wasn't. And so it was challenged and every once in a while, I still, it still pops up in my head still mm-hmm. um, probably happened about two weeks ago. And like, Oh my God, I should have, what if I moved her to Manatee Memorial hospital or no, nope, her back would still be broken. Nothing would have changed. Nothing would have yeah. changed. And so I have to, pull myself off of that train track mm-hmm. going, you know, speeding downhill. Same thing with my brother. So it's, it's really hard to sometimes not get into that uh, frame of mind where you, you just relive or rethink the worst. Mm-hmm. It's easy to do, but it's important to get help of some kind, change your way of thinking. I don't know pinch yourself, but do something to stop yourself. And I just cannot express enough how helpful the grief counseling was for me. And I can imagine that most hospices will offer grief counseling at no charge, even if you have not been a patient there. 
if your loved one has died, they think within the last year or something, you can get for no cost. I that's pretty standard, I believe. Mm -hmm. Wow. So lots of opportunity. I know they have group counseling and one-on-one -on -one counseling, and you know you have to determine what's right for you. Exactly. But um, you know, in talking to James, my counselor, I finally uh, kind of got to a point where I was very honest with him about, you know, really opened up to what I don't don't normally do, um, and that felt that felt good to be able to express my true feelings and true thoughts and get a lot of validation. That was really helpful and, uh, you know, how healing my anger as well. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was like, man, I don't know. Should I say this out loud? <laughs> I think I'm a horrible person. You know what? It's too bad. I'm not a horrible person. I know I'm not, but you know, if he does think that way, I don't know what to do, but I have to, you know, yeah. But he was very non-judgmental and very unbiased, um, he, was, right? he was very supportive and actually highlighted. He saw some things that he highlighted. He, he saw them right away and was able to point out to me to make, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're absolutely right. Made me think. So it took a lot off of me, a lot of, uh, you know, not just the sadness, but but the anger, the hurt, um, the justification, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. uh, and telling me that, you know what, it, the validation. It's like, oh, okay, I can let that go now. Mm -hmm. I can let that one go. I can let that go. I just let go. Ooh, bye. What a weight that's been lifted. Unreal. Unreal. It was, I was so happy. My last, my last meeting made me so happy to have made that. Uh, it just, like I said earlier, it felt like an accomplishment. Yeah. I, I was really proud of myself for going because I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. I really didn't want to. I'm like, I don't not want to go through this grief and relive this again. I've already been through it. I'm tired of it. And I just, you know, had that fear of be, being in pain. So I can't do that. So I, I was very proud of myself for, for doing that. And I think that um, for anyone that is still grieving and will be grieving in the future, um, keep in mind, you know, consider grief counseling. Look, I, I know there's plenty of opportunities out there and there are a variety of ways of doing the counseling, like I said, I know grief, Zoom meetings, one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. There are so many different ways you can do it, but it is so healing. And I cannot describe how healing it is. It healed my soul. It healed my heart, healed my body. Because, you know, every time that I left, my body didn't hurt so much. Yeah. Well, so that was a nice relief, too. I wasn't living on Tylenol or Motrin <laughs> anymore. Um, I don't know what it is about grief, but it can really hurt your whole body, right? It does. It affects every part of you. Yes. It, Physical, yeah. emotional, mental, spiritual. Yes, it does. Every level. Yes. Now, and interesting. Yeah. Hmm? Oh, go ahead. Let's see. Interestingly enough, I had a very difficult time connecting spiritually. I didn't want to. didn't want to have anything to do with anything on a spiritual level while going mm -hmm. through this process. And I found that a little bit interesting, but I also knew it was okay. 
I knew that I was still being supported spiritually and I knew it was okay not to make that, to have that going on at the time. I think it was just too much, but I, I, it was a little bothersome a couple of times. That's like, uh, why can't, I can't even, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to. I love you guys, but I don't want to talk to any of you. <laughs> I don't, don't want to hear anything. Don't want to talk. Just leave me alone. And I knew that it was okay. Yeah. Um, that was a first for me, but I thought, I just can't, sorry. I just can't do it. Wow. You know, you don't probably don't realize it, or maybe you do, but going through the grief counseling, that was a form of self care. Oh yeah. Yeah. Probably. It was very, it was one of the most important things for me. Mm-hmm. How, what was, how long has it been since your final session? Hmm. April. April. Wow. That's been a little while. May, April or May. Good for you. Oh, it's right, right around um, Mother's Day, right after Mother's Day. So middle of May. Mm. Not very long. Yeah. And how do you feel now? I mean, you still feel like you're doing really well. I still, I feel like I'm doing great. Really great. I can talk to my mom and feel good about it. And I know she feels good. She has a really bright energy, a happy energy that I haven't felt from her in a long, long time. Wow. I, it's interesting. I spoke with a friend of hers who's 90 years old, very dear friend of hers. And she says, you know, I hear your mom's voice all the time. She talks to me all the time. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I hear from her too. So it was really nice to know that she's still reaching out to her friends Mm-hmm. as well as me. And Carol Ann said something to me the other couple of weeks ago that my mom said, I've got the dog and you've got my cat. <laughs> <laughs> and, All right. Wow. Wow. Oh, that's really, I'm, I'm really glad that, you know, this Avenue presented itself for you. Um, I think I remember getting a couple of letters saying, you know, if you're depressed or whatever, because of this, you know, give us a call, but I don't ever remember anybody, but I don't really remember the the first six months after my mom passed either. I was just like, the grief was almost unbearable. Um, So, so, you know, I think that thought never even occurred to me. Yes, I see what you're saying. And I'll be honest with you. I would have never in a million years wanted to go to grief counseling. Like uh, I said at the beginning of the show, I'm an old hat at this. I've been through it quite a few times, but what scared me and it it did, it scared me. People saying that I'm still crying every day for my mom after 13 years or however many years of that. Oh my God. I can't. No, 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 no. I can't do that. I can't be in that kind of pain. And that really prompted me into action. That and the hospice nurse um, making that comment because I thought, geez, even the hospice nurse needs grief counseling. Oh, man. I remember thinking that. But she said it helped me be myself again. Mm -hmm. I I didn't know what that meant at the time. Yeah. But you do know. I do. I do. And taking care of yourself comes in many forms. But allowing yourself 
to go through the process. Uh, I know at one point I thought, man, this is so, I'm so anxious and so full of angst and, and all the, you know, the terrible feelings that comes with it. Maybe I need to take something to like, you know, calm down a little bit, not calm down, but just be able to relax a little bit. And I thought, mm-hmm. no, no, I need to go through this. I, I need to go through it because it's not going to go away. Right. So I can call my doctor and say, you know, I'm having a hard time. Can you prescribe something for me, a little something for me? But I thought, no, it's not going to change. It's just going to delay. You have to feel and, it feel it in order to heal it. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> buy true. big boxes of Kleenex. <laughs> um, you know, if if you don't feel like talking to your friends or your family, that's okay. You yeah. hang out, watch TV, or don't say anything, but just having sometimes that energy there where maybe they visit you for a short period of time, checking with you, uh, because sometimes it's too much to be around other people mm-hmm. and other people's energy. It's uh, for me, it was just, you know, it was just too much. And yeah. so I would have, you know, little short conversations with people. And that was good. I knew that receive, I'll tell you what was really wonderful is receiving cards, actual cards in the mail. My mom's friends, you know, very old school would send me sympathy cards with a nice note, really nice note that made me feel so good. And then a couple of her friends would call me and say, how are you doing, Laura? You know, and I thought, well, this is so nice because it's her front, their friend, her friend, but she's calling me to see how I'm doing. And I, I thought that was really, really thoughtful. So we had some fun conversations and um, they look at death a little differently when they get to that age. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, you've got a lot of people out here supporting you, Laura. I see lots of wonderful comments. So I'm going to read a couple to you. Um, Joyce is here listening to your story and Kim and Devin and Linnell. Linnell says, more time for you and your beloved. Um, Robin says hello, and she's driving right now, so she's listening. Hey, Robin. Carol said, hello, beautiful ladies. Thank you for sharing your experiences. And Sarah said, great job, Laura, on taking care of you. Also very proud of you for being here with us tonight, sharing your story. Thank you, everybody. I know that so many of you were sending so many prayers, and uh, that really made a difference, too. It was pretty hard for me to, to like I said, connect spiritually during this mm-hmm. during that time. So, But I knew that many of you were praying, you and Tiffany and Carol Ann and uh, Joanne, and so many people were sending prayers that it made a big difference just to know it was sort of like, okay, we're going to take it from here. You do what you got to do and we'll take care of you on this end. Yeah. So that, that helped a great deal. So I was like, okay, I don't have to worry about that. Well, you know, those, on- didn't go, those didn't go just for your mom. They were for you too. You oh, know? I know. Yeah. I know. They, they, I felt I it. Know they, they, energy can really help. I felt it. There is amazing. Sometimes it's just like, oh boy, I just feel like I just got, just got this huge hug. It was so comforting. But there are times when I I could just feel Mm -hmm. that 
loving and healing energy coming in. That's awesome. Devin yeah. said it was a very heartfelt show. <laughs> Thanks, Devin. And so um, there's not a box, there's not a Kleenex in sight in here. I'm pretty okay. proud of myself. Doggone well, it. It's awesome. But see, this is, you know, everyone can relate to grief because we right. all go through it at some time in our life. And many times in our life for the most part. And um, so that's why it's really important for me to make sure that get help if you feel lousy. And when they say, well, are you feeling depressed? Depressed to me kind of has a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you don't know if you're depressed or not. Not everybody realizes they're, they're depressed. Right. And you're certainly not thinking clearly when you're in this kind of grief. I didn't know what day oh, it was. Uh, that was kind of challenging. <laughs> it was kind of foggy there for a while. Like, what? Oh, yeah, I remember that fog. I remember and that's that. normal, you know, it's normal to be in that fog. And it's, it's so it's, you don't really know. So and it's almost, it's almost like you have like amnesia because you forget like everything. You can't yeah. remember anything. Yes. So, you know, get in there, make an appointment, go for a meeting with the grief counselor and tell them, let them help you because it's just amazing what they do. They yeah. get it. They understand and they can guide you to the next step and tell you, you you're going to be okay. This is yeah. going to be a process. It's a That's journey and it's okay. Mm -hmm. um, and you're going to learn a lot from it. A lot about yourself, you know, yes. a lot about life. Yeah. And death. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm filing a complaint when I, when I talk to God again, I'm going to file a complaint about how complicated all this is. I think it's ridiculous since we all go through it. Yeah. <sighs> but well, it maybe, is. Maybe God will change it for us all then. I'll let you know. I'm going to call tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Joyce said she's been talking to a friend who lost her son a little over a year ago. She also took ownership of his dog while a while ago. And the dog is older and sick. It's an everyday conversation now over a year. Joyce, I'm going to suggest that you um, let your friend know about this show and let her watch it because she might get some real um, good information that might really help her because it sounds Some like relief. hanging on to all of that grief. You know, my, uh, James, my grief counselor brought up some very interesting points uh, that sometimes people will not let go and they just won't. And, and I'm not sure if it's, they're afraid they're going to lose a connection. I don't know uh, mm -hmm. the many reasons, but there are, people that just won't let go. And I thought, man, that's got to hurt so much. They just, that just has to hurt so much. That was so my mom. she can get somebody to talk to and let get, let them help guide you to the next step. And no, it's not going to be an overnight fix, but every day gets better. Every time gets easier and you can be yourself again. And it's so important. It is. I agree. You know, my mom, she grieved for her mother. Well, until she passed away, until my mom did. And for my, for my dad as well. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, I think that's what caused a lot of her 
physical pain that she had and everything else because all, she hung on to that, you know? And there she would go through like certain times of the year where for like two weeks, like you could hardly be around her because she was so in her full, full blown grief, you know, and she would, she wasn't in a very happy mood. She was, she'd snap at you a little bit, but she'd do a lot of crying. And um, then you'd figure out what day it was and be like, oh yeah, okay, I see what's going on. But, you know, she was never interested in, I don't think, moving past that. Because for whatever whatever it gave her, you know, she had to hold on to it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. That's very sad. But so, ladies and gentlemen, if you know somebody that's suffering, if you yourself, or you know, just talk to a grief counselor, talk to somebody, take care of yourself, because you have a mission in this world. And you need to fulfill it and you need to live a good and happy life and, and be healthy. And if you are stuck on somebody else's life and or death, mm -hmm. then you can't do that. It's just not possible to do both. So please go out and find, look up local hospice for grief counseling. I guarantee you that it will make a tremendous difference in your life and hopefully somebody else's. So yeah. thank you, you know, Ruth, for having me on tonight. Well, thank you for being here um, and uh, sharing your story, because I know it's going to help a lot of people. But I want to, I love this comment here that Marsha made. She said, when babies are born, they cry and we are happy. When people pass, they are smiling and we cry. Very true. Very true. Yes. What a beautiful place for them to go and, and, uh, we're here wondering why yeah. and there they are going yes i know, free. I, know. <laughs> I can walk i can play i can do all these fabulous things and we're going well, and it must be so amazing amazing feeling um i want to thank you so much laura for being here and sharing your your story and don't forget nobody else knows this yet but except for you me and tiffany but august 3rd you're going to be back aren't you Yes, ma'am, I am. And you're going to bring your card so we can do some readings? I'm, I am, and I'm going to use your I am manifestation cards, too, because I think they're absolutely beautiful. And well, so I am going to do that, too. We're going to be all about the angels. Awesome. I have to share something with you. Check okay. This out. Can you see it? <gasps> New ones? Uh, oh, congratulations. Yeah, you were the one. You were... The reading I had with you a while back, and you were telling me how I was going to be doing another deck of cards with the butterfly on it and all that. Remember? Are you That's right. That's right. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So I just wanted well, to show you that. <laughs> but I know we're over, we're over on time. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah. Please go be happy, be healed, and live your life. Uh, you're here for a very important purpose. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ruth. Right? Yes. Thank you so much, Thank you. Good night, really everybody. You being here. Everybody, have a good night. I will see you guys next week. I love you all. Good night. Become a Goldilocks Productions VIP patron. Receive exclusive access to live stream special and other epic packs. Join the Goldilocks Productions VIP community today. 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.